Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. This is Blake, and we have something special for you today. In today's podcast, we look into education funding in Michigan through the past and analyze the impacts of institutionalized segregation on the way education in our area is being run today. We specifically look at Lansing and East Lansing school districts to see the difference in funding and opportunities between the two districts and further look at how School of Choice and Proposal A have further imposed segregation upon the citizens. We have never discussed a topic quite this controversial before, so we're going to have a couple of guest speakers who will help us understand the topics fully. On the topic of Prop A, we have Senior Manager of the Foley Project, Brianna Foley, here to talk to us. Brianna, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm also doing great. Thank you for asking. Now, can you give us an overview of what exactly Prop A is? I think that MLive.com explains it best. Proposal A had three key changes to the school funding system. First, it eliminated the use of local property taxes as a source of school funding and created a new state education tax. School districts began to get per-pupil payments, also known as the foundation allowance from the state. Secondly, the state sales tax was increased from $0.04 to $0.06 on the dollar. The extra $0.02 was intended to go to the school aid fund. Lastly, it required the state's lowest-funded school districts to receive a basic level of education funding, which raised the amount they received and significantly closed the gap between low-funded schools and other schools. Okay, yeah. Thanks for that overview of Prop A, Brianna. Now, can you elaborate a little more on the foundation allowance or per-pupil payments and the impacts it has had on the education system in Michigan over the years? Of course. It is pretty much the amount of money given to a school district based on how many students are enrolled. It accounts for about two-thirds of the state school aid fund. One of the goals of Prop A was to make sure that the gap between the lowest funded and highest funded school districts were closed. When Prop A was first implemented, the gap was nearly $2,500, and now it is less than half that. Of course, there are people who do not like the per-pupil formula because declining enrollments decreases the amount that school districts get, but the cost of running the school does not decrease just because the number of students does. That cost comes from local property taxes. Higher local property taxes can cause schools to have better institutions, which allows students the ability to switch to any district. Wonderful, and thank you again for that in-depth analysis. In fact, when I went to school years ago, I remember the teachers encouraging us to come to school on student count day, as they called it. I guess now I know why they were trying to get us to come to school, because simply we needed the funding. Now, our next short segment is going to feature current Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, and her opinion on school of choice. This is her at her confirmation hearing on the topic. If confirmed, I will be a strong advocate for great public schools. But if a school is troubled or unsafe, or not a good fit for a child, perhaps they have a special need that's going unmet, we should support a parent's right to enroll their child in a high-quality alternative.
So Betsy's opinion is quite controversial. So to get the facts and to help us better understand school of choice, we have executive official Dr. Reverend Christian DeMoss joining us. Christian, hello. And can you give us an overview of what school of choice is anyway? Hi. So uh, to start off, Michigan implemented school of choice in 1996, only a few years after Prop A. Uh, the basic idea of it is that school districts can decide whether or not to allow students from neighboring districts to attend their schools. And for the districts that use this, this means uh, families within them are allowed to decide what schools they want their children to attend to in a wider area. What has been seen uh, across the state because of this, uh, and since it has been implement implemented, is that white families are often taking their children out of inner-city schools and sending them to districts outside of the city. Uh, the Lansing State Journal published an article by R.J. Wolcott and Rachel Greco in 2015 that found Lansing schools lost nearly 5,000 students from 2004 to 2015. Uh, as Brianna said, students are money, and so the loss of students means a loss of revenue for those schools. And eventually, some of them closed down. Uh, an example of this is in Holland. Many students left the inner city schools for less diverse, more suburban options. Uh, in doing so, seven of the 15 schools closed from the lack of funds this caused. The flip side of this, of course, is that schools that are receiving these students gain a lot of money, but are also now overflowing. Holt is an example of this, where... 1,200 of their 5,600 students are students of choice from neighboring districts that give uh, the Holt district an additional $9 million. But the students have had a problem. Their quality of education has gone down due to the fact that they're not receiving as much individual attention and help from the teachers with the rapidly growing numbers. And the uh, Holt hasn't quite had the response of increasing faculty to solve that problem. Great, thank you for that insightful overview of School of Choice. Now, what kind of interplay is there between charter schools and public schools regarding School of Choice? Is it good, is it bad, or is it in between? Well, School of Choice has definitely not been good for public schools if you compare it to uh, those that are considered charter. Uh, one thing that has been seen, as I mentioned, is white families often pulling their students out of the inner city more public schools and using school of choice to put them in a farther away charter school. Uh, the Michigan Department of Education found that in uh, Detroit specifically, by 2016, 49% of the students in the district, of, or in Detroit school districts, had left the public schools for charter ones. Uh, not only are public schools losing a lot of their students, there's also signs that school of choice has created segregation between public and charter schools. Uh, back in Holland, Lots of public schools have lost a lot of white students to uh, Black River, a school up there. Um, Black River argues they have an absolutely not self-selecting policy, but it's a rather strange one. Uh, one of their graduation requirements is to be accepted by a four-year college or university. Uh, an, uh, an article published on BridgeMI.com written by Mike Wilkinson found that only 20% of the Black River students are poor, and that about 1.3% of their students are English learning students, as opposed to 70% of the Holland students and, uh, being poor and 11% of the English learners. Uh, the large disparity between Holland and Black River is more than just a little worrying, 
and is a good representation of how school of choice has affected areas and, cre and created segregation in schools and school districts. Yeah, thank you for that explanation on school of choice in regards to how it relates to charter and public schools. Now, we have some facts that are not just Betsy DeVos's opinion to go by. So, relating this to East Lansing and Lansing, there is a lot of overlap. Lansing is a prime example of how school of choice can have an impact on school funding and student populations. As shown by schoolgrades.org, schools in the Lansing district receive terrible ratings in comparison to schools in the East Lansing school district. Schools in Lansing have ratings that range from a D to an F, whereas schools in East Lansing are often on the higher end of the spectrum. Lansing schools are struggling to bring students in, so they have to put in place specialized programs. Each school now has specialty programs for students that tailor to their interests, such as STEM or music. However, funding is still low in Lansing schools, leading to some schools cutting all unnecessary programs, such as the arts. This has led to a lack of well-rounded education overall. Though Mayor Shore advocates for the Lansing schools, with his own children being enrolled in these schools, there is still a lot of work to be done in terms of integration. Lansing schools have a much higher rate of minority students than their majority white East Lansing counterpart. On the other hand, East Lansing schools are flourishing. Recently, East Lansing schools found a $360,000 surplus in the budget, and were thus able to hand out bonuses to the teachers. This would never happen in Lansing because of School of Choice and Prop A combined. Simply put, students are leaving Lansing schools and taking the funding with them. As School of Choice becomes a more popular option, citizens should look at the cities that have already put this in place uh, to see the real impact that it may have on their children's education. And, since we're on the topic of education, let's not forget about our ABCs, anybody but Carol. That is all of the content we have for today's podcast. Thank you for listening.